for Truth with a Texas Twain, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff women store in their hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is Luke 2.19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Now, we are really thankful to Home Instead Senior Care for providing trustworthy, kind-hearted senior home care services in your loved one's home. They are our sponsors, and we are grateful to them. And today we're talking about drive-by education, especially architecture. So maybe we call that walk-in education. And my sweet daughter, Anna Craffy Pierce, is an educator, and she is with us to talk about this. Hi, Anna. Hi. I'm just in my brain. I'm Rolodexing architecture and learning experiences and driving by versus walking in and all these different experiences in childhood. And I'm like, where do I even start? (laughs) Well, let me start. Okay. So one of my prized possessions is a sculpture. And I always ask people, it's about a foot, you know, probably fit in a sweater box. It's a piece of wood and it's carved. And I always ask people when I get a chance, Can you imagine? In fact, I need to have that thing mounted and put it in front of a window as you walk in the front door. I have the perfect spot for it right now. But I always ask people, do you know, do you recognize the artist? And I mean, of the hundreds of of times I've asked that question, only one or two people have said, did a beaver make it? (laughs) That's the (laughs) truth. So our dear friend brought me this as a gift one time for my birthday, this sculpture made by a beaver on his property. And the reason I'm mentioning it is when you go to his house, it is like walking into a sculpture. His whole house has been handcrafted in wood, and every bit of it is filled with art from Some of the local artists at the junior college, he just picks up their paintings, buys them along the way. And so his house is furnished with all this beautiful art, but it is a hand-wrought home in the middle of woods. So it's like being in a wooden sculpture underneath a pine forest, which is its own kind of sculpture. And also, I always think of pine forests as sanctuaries that honor God. So that is a lot to begin. (laughs) I was thinking the first time I became aware of architecture, I think it was you as a kid, probably you pointed out buildings before, but I remember architecture specifically, that word. You were talking about the UT Austin campus and all the layers of architecture where there were the original buildings from the 1800s and then every era, when the school was able to raise the money, they'd build a new building. And so all there were all these layers of history and you could, it was visual, like you could see the timeline of the history because of all the different architectural styles. Yeah, and I think and, that's the first time I've been also, aware of the word. Yeah, that's interesting on it because, it, especially at the University of Texas, you can also see the influence of Spanish and Mexican and some of the southwestern Culture. sort of influences and, in the architecture. 
and technologies too, because some of the buildings that were oh, yeah. later have a different structure and a different form because they were able to do different things with the materials than they could do in the late 1800s. And they were also moving away from the classical style and wanting things to look really spacey and modern. Um, it just, they reflect the time they were built in. And I, I think as a kid, the first time you mentioned that is when I realized what architecture was and why it was interesting. I locally, I love that you, I love it that you're bringing up the idea that different cultures are influenced by the people or the ethnic uh, influences that, that, and that is one thing that is so fabulous about the United States of America. Now, much of our architecture is fairly new, which can be a beautiful thing, but, um, but it's also true that we have had more than our share of influences from all around the world. So, it's kind of special in that way, don't you think? I think so too. And I, I, um, and even things you know, people think of new is not always new is not always better. But as humans, we come back around to ideas. And for example, as a kid, I remember the grown-ups in my life. I didn't have an opinion yet, but I heard their opinions, and that was that our courthouse here locally was ugly. That they torn down the one that was beautiful from the 1800s and they built something modern, and it was ugly. And right. now, you know, as an adult. Now I actually like it. It's a I different. It, it's a different era. And if I had known the original, maybe I would be sad that we didn't have both. That they hadn't left the original and you know built something else somewhere else. But, but for me, it has a different historic context than those people who are criticizing it. And it's all clean lines, and it it's very beautiful. But it, well, it's, it's very different than what was built in the 1800s. It's interesting you bring that up because mid-century modern has become the new thing that people just love. And when I was a kid, nobody liked that. Everybody was tired of looking at it, of course, you right. know, and that makes sense. And now it's kind of having a resurgence. I like what Frank Lloyd Wright said about this. He said, every great architect is necessarily a great poet. He must be huh. a great a great a great original interpreter of his time, his day, his age. Isn't that interesting? Of course, when, Frank when you Lloyd, hear it like, go ahead. Well, Frank Lloyd Wright is kind of known for mid-century modern, so that's kind of interesting that he was the great interpreter of his day. I loved the way he, so much of what he did was inspired by what he saw in nature, which I really admire. Me too. All that he was using really clean geometric feeling forms, they very much incorporated what was around them, acknowledged what was around them. They really brought the genius of nature inside the building, which aren't we all wanting that now? It's just so beautiful. Yeah, well, I, okay, so when you're thinking about kids and educating your own children to respect and appreciate, of course, you're raising a son who loves to think about how the mechanics of things, like how they work. And so we walk into buildings. I'm in the eighth floor of the People's Petroleum Building downtown, and we call it the most glamorous building in downtown Tyler. But um, <laughs> it is. I'm, I'm trusting when I stepped onto the elevator that that elevator would take me to the top, and then I'm trusting in the eighth floor that all the, bu- all the building underneath me is going to stand firm and all the building above me is not going to crash in on me. So there's a lot to building a beautiful building. And there's a lot about architecture that's, you know, it's art, but it's also science, as we've talked about that before. So I know you're an artist. 
and you're raising a young scientist. So tell me a little bit about how you use architecture as art to help educate your kids. Well, I, I was just thinking about materials. Funny, I guess the, sci- the, the science of what materials you can use decoratively and which ones you can use structurally. And I was watching my kid, sweet, my sweet son, who got a rope for his birthday. And his, I was thinking we used one of the pieces of rope to construct a climbing thing out of all these sticks and limbs. Uh, he wanted a climbing tree. We don't have a tree he can climb. So we tied limbs together, leaned them up against a tree, and he could climb on it. But really what he wanted to do in the end, because kids never do what you expect with a present, he took the other rope and he didn't want to cut it. He found one of those limbs that we didn't use, and he tied his rope around the limb, and he just wanted to drag it across the yard and figure out how to move that limb using his energy and momentum and rope, which is very much a part of how you build something is getting the materials there and figuring out what they're good for and how what they can do. And he discovered pretty quickly that he, was, he did not have enough horsepower in and of himself. He was going to have to get his sister to help. <laughs> which is pretty <laughs> cute. Yeah. He had plenty of rope to to rope her in to help him. With. Yes. It's like yes. he's like a he's a typical Texas boy. He's making a lasso. <laughs> uh huh. He wrapped that rope around. He figured out how to tie a knot, and then he realized he was not strong enough to actually move the tree. So he yeah. had to get help. But um, but uh, and so that the process of all that made to do something that was more mechanical than what I had uh-huh. in my brain for him to do which yeah. is always his default. He's interested in the mechanisms of things, how they move, how they work, how it's just the way he works. I was interested in the design you know, aspect. How am I going to make these tree limbs overlap? How do I make it pretty as well as structural? Another well, thing I, I think is fun that I can't wait to pull up, point out to my children when they're slightly older, our house is built out of orange brick, and I love my orange brick. It's an unusual size and shape. It has great texture. And even if it didn't have all those assets, the reason I would love it is made in Corsicana, just down the road. <laughs> yeah. So I have local brick, locally sourced brick all over my house, which is so much fun to me. It's I beautiful. love when we were kids, you used to tell me that we had the prettiest state capital because of the pink granite yeah. that the Texas state capital is made out of. Yeah. And so there was all this history, and that involves a whole industry in Texas of sourcing that granite which I realized years and years later when I was living in the hill country and we were right down the road from a granite quarry. And I was like, oh, that's where that granite probably came from. (laughs) Architecture, there's so many different things you can teach your kids by just building and then let, you know, figuring out which part of it is the part that intrigues them. I think the pink granite in our capital is actually from another state. I'd have to look. That could be. Uh huh. But we we love it so much. We don't care. It's just such a beautiful capital, and we do. Well, they think were definitely granite, pulling peat the, granite out of the ground, but it may be different granite that that capital is made out of. I don't know, but I, I'd have to check to see. But I, for some reason, I have that in my memory. But I do love our capital building. It is to me as beautiful as the one at the the, the national capital. I just think it's such a pretty building inside and out. It's so beautiful. And one thing I like about it in particular the the two statues there as you come in, the marble uh, sculptures are made by a woman, a famous woman in Texas history who sculpted Davy Crockett and Sam Houston. So very cool. And I know, and that's one of the things I like about, you know, we call this drive by education or 
uh, you can also call it walk-in education because the thing about a building is you can get inside of it. And I, I think that's so important for kids and also just, next. just their sheer size. So we're, we've got about a, just a few seconds for the break. Remember, you can find all all the stuff we talk about. I put in a blog, and you can find that at Kathy Craffy, K-R-A-F is in Frank, V is in Victor, E is in Edward.com. And we hope you'll sign up for our weekly free blog, and we won't fill up your inbox with a lot of junk. It's just us once a week. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Fireside Talk Radio. So stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is a grocery store. Hi, this is Kathy. As women, we have a lot to ponder, but even the toughest topics are easier when we open up authentically and share our tenderest wisdom with each other. During this break, I want to mention a special way you can help other women. You can sign up for our blog and share it with your friends. Our podcasts are designed to create tools to talk about the toughest topics at home or at work. You can help by going to Kathy Crafty, C-A-T-H-Y-K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward, dot com. We hope you love sharing these conversational adventures as much as we love bringing in experts to tell their stories and share their wisdom. Truth with a Texas twang spoken here. My parents are getting older and I want to be there to help. But sometimes I spend more time taking care of them than my own family. It's starting to put pressure on my marriage, and I feel like I'm ignoring my kids. My parents need help. I need help. My mom wants to stay at home, but she honestly can't handle it on her own anymore. I've been taking care of her, but I just want to be her daughter again. I know mom feels the same way. I'm not sure where to turn. If you're struggling to care for your parents, you're not alone. Home Instead Senior Care can help. With personalized service and a personal touch, our caregivers will help your parents stay in the place they call home. Home Instead Senior Care. To us, it's personal. to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hey, we're back, and I have to back up and say it. In the break, I'd looked up Texas Pink Granite, and it is in, it is from Texas, Anna, so I feel much better about that. <laughs> I love that. And I was thinking a, about, go ahead. There's a famous place called Granite Mountain, another one called Enchanted Rock, and they're both formed with this, This it's a volcanic uh, thing that happened. And I actually knew that Texas had volcanoes because 
if you ever, one of my favorite authors, James Michener, wrote about Texas, a book, whole huge book about it. And he always starts way back in history and brings you through that process. And so I didn't know we had uh, volcanoes. And so that's that's one of the reasons that our Texas pink granite is so beautiful is because of the volcanic rock. Okay, now I want to ask you another question about architecture. Who is your favorite architect? Okay, so he could be, he easily could be a painter or a sculptor or, to me, a musician, Gaudi. And I'm sure there's all this structural science behind his work, but I just love the way it looks. If you ever are in Barcelona, his stuff is everywhere, and you can find it elsewhere, but mainly it's Barcelona. Oh, I do know his work. He's the one that did all the mosaics and covered all their parks with the color. Uh huh. But the thing about it is the form that all that color's on top of. So, around him and analyzed it like a broke down the number of joints and then how a seashell, all the different compartments within a shell, and was inspired by ferns and took all those the science of all those designs, the formatting, the way those different pieces interacted, and translated them into architecture. And that's why his stuff, it almost feels whimsical, but it's not. It's whimsical in the same way nature is, where there's a system behind it all. That's so interesting. Isn't he the one who's building the big cathedral? Like, he designed that cathedral, and it's still not finished. Is it finished yet? I don't think it is. It's, um, oh, it's the Holy Family. Um, Oh, goodness, what's the the word? It'll come to me here in a minute in Spanish, but I love that cathedral. And I'd love to go back now. a decade later and see it again, see much, how much progress they've made. It was so okay. much fun to see it in person. I'm, I'm going to spell that because really we cannot describe it. It looks like one of those sand sculptures where you drip sand on things. His name is spelled G-A-U-D-I. Anna, am I right? Is his first name Antony or Antony? Yes. Okay, so that'll help you find him if you're listening and you want to. And I, I may just put a picture of his stuff in our blog about from this podcast, G-A-U-D-I. Okay, but, so that's interesting to me because those, those the parks in Spain, you can walk through his sculptures. So here's why I love that as a starting off point for this part of our podcast. I'm okay. visual, and I completely um, am compelled by architecture. It has a very visual component. And yeah. that is, I get to walk through what is essentially a visual smorgasbord with architecture, and particularly when it's well thought out. But my son is very mechanical. He wants to know how things work, and architecture appeals to him as well, just as much yeah. as it does to me. It's just he wants to turn the doorknob five times and poke the latch and hit the buttons <laughs> on the elevator and look up a diagram of how the pulleys on the inside of it work. Yeah, he wants right. to hit the button to open the door. You know, there's a, a wheelchair accessible button on your building. And I mean, Beth and I, my daughter and I were right by the door and he's like, mama, wait, let me hit the button. <laughs> Cause he wants to do the mechanical thing. And my sweet daughter may never be an artist, a visual person. She's not nearly as mechanically driven as my son, but she's about the people and yeah, buildings are all about how people gather and how people interact. Wow. She was thrilled to walk into your building today because she was going to see you. Okay. You're going to love this one. You know, one of my favorite people to quote is Winston Churchill. And he said this, we shape our buildings hereafter. They shape us. Yes, that is true. It's, It's so true. And you're right about your sweet daughter. She is all about the people. 
And I love it that next door to us in the most space-agey building in downtown Tyler, they've just repurposed a whole part of their building for gathering. And And it is so cool and sweet the way they have very thoughtfully laid out uh, sitting areas and talking areas and also games like ping pong tables and things so and that they, people will and the art they have art from all over the, the county displayed there i mean it's beautiful and that whole room that you were calling it space ag it's a very modern feeling space it's very white it's very light with lots of different textures on the different furniture and then the light that room is yeah. so much about the, the sunlight coming in and it really reflects off all that local art they've got on the walls. But I think a lot of it was produced maybe even by young people. What they have displayed right now, it's obviously going to be an exhibit that changes. I'm really excited by that. Well, and okay. I love the fact that, that uh-huh. all of that speaks to history. You were talking, we mentioned earlier in passing that you can teach your kid history with architecture. Yeah. And very naturally say, hey, we're driving past this. You can tell by the way it was built that it was built during this era, and here were the issues of that era and why that inspired this design. You know, in my own home, we're remodeling because we need more open space because there are four of us now instead of two. <laughs> well, you know, that reminds me of taking y'all to some of the pioneer towns in our in our region so that we could walk through and see this is what a farmer in the 1800s would have experienced. And this is the kind of plow he would have used. There were no tractors back then. Those kind of things that we, and and that is architecture and it is also walk in or drive by education. I think it's a really good, good way to learn. The beautiful little trunk in my hallway that was once in your living room, that was once at the end of my grandmother's bed where all her worldly possessions were because she lived in a little pier and beam one-bedroom house in Fort Worth growing up. And yeah. Am I accurate in all that information? Yeah, that's, that's that exactly how, right. Her that's stuff how the story goes. I've been told that story my whole life based on that one piece of furniture. I know what kind of house my grandmother grew up in because of that story where we just were walking through the living room and the furniture triggered a story and I have the family history. Yeah, I love the stories from that era. That was the 1920s. And so there's also stories about the police coming to their house and knocking on the door, banging on the door and my grandparents opening it up. And immediately the police were, were just knocked down almost by the smell of hops because my grandparents had been making beer in the bathtub and And they, yeah, and all the lids, it's hot in Texas, so all the lids popped off. And, it and like you know what having... I knew from that story as a kid, the history I learned? What? I learned when Prohibition was and the fact that they didn't have air conditioning during that era. Because Isn't if they that... had air conditioning, the bottles wouldn't have pressurized and exploded and the police wouldn't have come. Isn't that interesting? So the police thought it was a gunfight, but it turned out to just be exploding beer. And they couldn't, my grandparents invited them to have a beer with them. And the police left, but they came back after they were off duty. I just always <laughs> love that story. It's kind of dumb, I guess, but, you know, a little family history. I mean, there, there were in, some wild times in Texas. <laughs> but, but in junior high or high school, when I got that American history book and I learned about prohibition, I had a uh-huh. place I already knew that word. I already knew yeah. some of the history. When they started talking about uh, the mobs and how some of yeah. the organized crime arose in the big cities during prohibition, I totally followed all of that because of that family history story, which was based on architecture and a piece of furniture in my house. Yeah. Isn't that sweet? I love the fact that they were such a young couple. They were 
my grandfather always worked two jobs and they, neither of them had an education. My mother was the first one to get an education in her family, a college education. And so I, I just love that. And, and it, those kind of stories really do connect us to other people who experience that same kind of background and, and if all you ever read is national history, it's hard to connect to as a kid. It's so big and far away. But if you hear some of your family stories or the local stories about the, the local courthouse, and then you hear the national stories, there's there's a segue, a connection. You know, right down the road from us, there's one of those little villages that's from the 1800s and early 1900s. And the first time we went there, I think with your kid, you kids, I don't think it was my kid, my age, so I was probably an adult and a chaperone on a trip with you guys. And they talked about Bonnie and Clyde coming to yeah. the barber shop in that town. Now, that's just down the road from us. So that really educated me on the history of this region. Until then, it had always been like Bonnie and Clyde was something kind of, you know, just a terrible part of history because of the violence that I had not really but Almost considered. a fairy tale, not real. I hadn't really considered that it was that they were traveling throughout Texas and that close to where we live now and that my grandparents were just not far from there, too. So so that was really frightening for people in that era to know that there were these, you know, people going and just shooting people. Bandits. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, the lawmen were risking their lives to catch them. So anyway, yeah. I And that was sitting in a barbershop. A barber shop that had been preserved so that school children could learn about one room schoolhouses and barber shops. The the first time I voted, I voted in that old noonday schoolhouse that had been retrofitted to be the library. But it still exists because it was still being used by the community. And it's where I voted for the first time. I have a really perfectly hokey picture of me putting probably the world's last paper ballot in a box. (laughs) Frozen, holding it over the box so you can take the picture. <laughs> I'm, I, I just wish we could talk about this all day. I love talking about history, and I love talking about architecture and art. As you know, if you're listening in and you're wondering how to how to accomplish this with your own children, I am sitting here looking at out my window at downtown Tyler, and I'm probably looking at uh, five or six different decades, maybe maybe ten different decades of architecture right from my one window so i just encourage you to open open your eyes and look around and see all the beautiful buildings that are right that you may even take for granted because you see them every day and don't forget you can find this podcast and all the blog that'll go with it and all the hyperlinks and i'll even put gaudy in there for y'all at at kathy crafty k-r-a-f-v-e Dot com, where we speak truth with a Texas twang. So don't forget to look for that and sign up for our weekly blog. I'll put all of Anna's ideas in that for you so you won't even have to stop what you're doing right now. You can just listen to the next podcast, and then later when you have a few minutes, you can check that out. So we want you to know how much we appreciate you. We do this because we love the people who listen and the people who read our stuff. We're just so grateful for you. You really encourage us by tuning in. So this you're the reason we do this, and we want you to know how much we love and appreciate you. We want you to have a great life and a great day today. Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank 
you for joining us today, and we will see you again next week. Oh, Got in key.